You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I, I will say this. I am upset that we are not doing a Festivus episode. <laughs> you got some grievances, don't you? I, I got a lot of problems with you people, and you're going to hear about them. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hunt! And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I just crushed a pizza, so I'm... Uh, I, I'm struggling with my breathing. <laughs> oh, so you don't have the vid? It's just, it's pizza-related illness? Yeah, it, it's pizza-related illness. <laughs> I get that, too. Like, all the time. Now I'm officially into the Christmas spirit, because uh, right before hitting record, I was uh, uh, binging some of the Office Christmas episodes. My My wife and I will do that every year. We'll go through and watch specifically the Christmas episodes from The Office. Ty, are you into the spirit yet? No. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, like, I think the best one is when Kevin sits on Michael's knee, when Michael is Santa. <laughs> well, they're all good. I mean, uh, Michael bringing uh, yeah. an iPod to the uh, oh my. $20 <laughs> <laughs> gift exchange. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that gift exchange... You're not into the Christmas spirit. No. How? <laughs> Why would I be? Well, I, I sent you uh, a Christmas card. Did you? Yes. It, I mean, I, I hate to spoil the surprise. I know you're in BC, but when you get home and you go through your mail, there will be a nice little Christmas card from me. Is there cash in it? No. <laughs> oh. Okay, so then Kendall probably didn't steal it because he has my mail key. <laughs> Yes, the person taking care of your mail did not steal your Christmas card. I hope not. This, that being said, though, this time of year does give me an excuse to watch my favorite movie and not get weird looks about it. Is it Die Hard? <laughs> no, it's not. Christmas movies don't come out in June. Okay, what is Stop. your favorite uh, Christmas mo- or movie then? Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a brilliant. So that's your favorite movie of all time. Like it's definitely top five. So you can't be a complete Scrooge. I don't watch it because it's a Christmas movie. I watch it because it's hilarious. I do think if they redid, you know, Scrooge with Bill Murray, I think you mm-hmm. would be great in that role. I am that role uh, exactly. Like I, it's not even acting. Like it's just. I mean, <laughs> yeah. No, it 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 uh, it would be a better Bill Murray role for me than Kingpin. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you're right about that. <laughs> we want to give a shout out to uh, a fellow member of the Alberta Podcast Network, and I am selecting this podcast on purpose. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah, this is ridiculous. Let's play. Can't believe you did this. Let's play a promo from the show. It's a conspiracy! Alright. 
It's a Conspiracy is the podcast where we lay out the beliefs behind selected conspiracy theories, alternative accounts, legends, myths, and more. We do our best to present these without coloring them with our opinion until the end, where we let our feelings fly. We also do beer reviews, chat about geek culture, and whatever else strikes our fancy. Good times. And we're a part of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. It's a conspiracy! I have to say that this year has probably given them more content than any other year in recorded history. Hmm, yeah, probably. Uh, like, they will have... A- Nin- 94? <laughs> that, yeah, there's, there's, there's some good stuff there. But they will have stuff to talk about forever. Oh, man, it... Talk about content. Okay, Ty, if you had a favorite conspiracy, what would it be? (laughs) I don't even think it's a conspiracy, but JFK was an inside job. Okay, okay, okay. I I adore the Flat Earth one. Like... I I can't handle it. I can't. I don't deal well with stupidity. (laughs) It's just for the simple reason that I, I want it to be through. I want it to be true. Because... Can you imagine? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like everything's wrong with you. Uh, well, and and the whole uh, moon landing—that's fishy to me too. So uh, maybe I should do a guest. That, spot. that I understand. Maybe I should do a guest spot on this show. <laughs> Dude, I watched that flat Earth documentary bullcrap they had on Netflix, and at the end they disprove their own theory. And that's just how it ends. They're like, hmm, that's interesting. And it just ends. And I couldn't sleep for two days because I was so mad. <laughs> I, I, I think that might be the greatest end to a documentary of all time. Oh, God. You can't write that. The fact that they basically prove themselves wrong. <laughs> yeah, there's still people that think Dominic Davis is a starting quarterback in the CFL. You want to talk about conspiracy theories? <laughs> If people believe that, they'll believe anything. In the Huddle with Karan Todd on the Two and Out Podcast. Let's start with some, uh, I guess, off-the-field stuff. Uh, the Double E football team has partnered with The Voice Project, and it is an initiative. You can check out the website, uh, bethevoice.ca, working against... Uh, you know, gender-based uh, violence and uh, uh, preventing that situation and just talking about how, you know what, when young men hear from, uh, you know, a mem- or uh, yeah, professional football players, uh, they probably listen to them a little bit more than, I don't know, maybe even a police officer or a parent or whoever when the football politician pl- yes exactly when the football players step up and they show leadership in that area mm-hmm. that's really cool and i i think that is the hallmark of the canadian football league these guys are involved in our community and it, it's they're still involved in the community even though they're not on the field so the this is why mm-hmm. this league needs to be supported and they need to be uh, back on the field next year. They'll continue to be in the community, and it just shows the great work that this league does. 
but also the Edmonton football team because they're always great in the community there. For as much as we have crapped on Randy Ambrosi, uh, you know, this past year and with the way the the Edmonton Football Club has dealt with yeah. uh, certain certain things that they have done and how they did them, uh, there are times when they do things properly and, you know, do something that is beneficial to everybody that would be involved and even people that aren't involved. It, it's not like just because it didn't happen to you that it doesn't that it's not happening to somebody you know uh you know this like you said in the community this keeps i don't think relevancy is the goal at all i i think they actually do have a goal to yeah. you know stop what's happening but you know initiatives like this uh that the teams are doing or especially Edmonton in this case you know keeps them on the forefront and you know gives gives the cause a face, you know, with players and, and an organization that's backing it up. I also want to talk about Tony Gabriel a little bit. He is an absolute CFL legend. He ended up just turning 72 years old last week. Um, I, I know old-time Rough Rider fans will hear the name oh, yeah. Tony Gabriel. You just... You just- <laughs> You just pissed off a large demographic of the Saskatchewan population. I think he tells a story, and this rings a bell, of he walked into a bar during the 2009 Grey Cup, and it was all Rough Rider fans, and he wondered, well, what's going to happen here? And all they did was buy him beers nonstop. <laughs> so, that's another. It's like uh, they they do realize he wasn't playing the next day, right? Like he yeah. could be hungover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he has sort of made it uh, one of his goals to be a big part of getting Terry Fox on the five dollar bill. I, I guess next year we're gonna find out. Who's going to be on the new $5 bill in Canada? And Tony Gabriel has helped launch a petition to make sure that it is Terry Fox. He's already got over 1,100 uh, signatures on it. Um, Tony Gabriel lost his father to cancer at a young age. Uh, His older brother, his friend, died of cancer his youngest son was diagnosed with leukemia 30 years ago when he was 10 years old. So it's uh, got a personal touch for Tony Gabriel. And I think it's pretty cool that, you know, he's at this stage and uh, launching a big uh, campaign behind Terry Fox to get him onto that $5 bill. I guess he got until January 2nd to sign the petition if you would like to. I think you got to be a Canadian citizen. Uh, but this is... Pretty cool uh, to see, I think. I think it's. I think it's be. A, it's a great initiative. Uh, the only issue I see with it is that people don't use cash anymore, nearly yeah. as much. So I mean, the, right? I mean, it kind of buries the lead a little bit on it. But I think so. I mean, if if if, if uh, you know they can they can commemorate uh, Terry Fox in that way, I got zero issue with it. And I don't see how anybody could. And I, I mean, not saying that he is more or less deserving than anybody else they come up with, or that they think should. Uh, this is just, you know, a cause that's near and dear to, yeah, to Mr. Gabriel's heart. So it's an easy, easy, uh, easy person for him to pick out. It'll be pretty cool to uh, 
see either way because I don't know. Nothing really comes to mind. All we've ever seen on currency is either monarchs or politicians. So to have a, yeah. a, another and kids playing hockey, right? <laughs> so to have you know an ordinary, well, extraordinary Canadian um, mm-hmm. end up on currency. I, I think that is so so cool. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I mean. There, there's a lot of great options that could end up on the $5 bill. If it's Terry Fox, that is totally okay with me. Uh, let's talk some, I guess, football ops heading into 2021. And I don't know how you're feeling, Ty, but I don't know. I feel like there's some positivity in the air. I mean, they're trying to blast this vaccine into arms all over country, all over the country. It, it, it still seems like... May slash June is a little bit um, optimistic to get back onto the field. I, I, I do wonder if they would have to start. Like, like, do you think they would start the season with limited fans and then after Labor Day, let her buck? Or would it just be... I, I, I don't see that as a terrible idea. I, I could see it being a condition of getting in the stadium that you have to be vaccinated. Unless you have a medical exemption, like it would not, it would not surprise me. It would not surprise me, and it's private property, so you can't really argue it. I guess that's next year's problem. Uh, that is a whole mm-hmm. other discussion. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Here we go. Exactly. What can, of, what can of worms did I just open up? <laughs> Jesus. But either way, right now it kind of seems like your normal off season. It it, it kind of seems mm-hmm. like a year ago, two years ago, it, it's got that same sort of feeling in the air. And I, I don't want to get my hopes up because I, I did all of this year. I had my hopes up and they were crushed. And I tried to tell you, <laughs> I tried to tell you. And did you listen? No. So <sighs> nothing's changed since we were 10. Yeah. That's me. Just always the hope. <laughs> That I always have oh, the no, hope. No, I would, and you're stubborn. Yeah, that too. Yeah, that. I mean, for obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah. I am a very stubborn individual. So let's talk about some front offices who have either made uh, some changes or uh, made some extensions here in the BC Lions, naming uh, Rick Campbell and Neil McAvoy co-general managers. It'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see how long that lasts, but. I mean, that's got to be cool for Neil McAvoy. Guy grows up a Lions fan in, you know, BC, grew up in the Vancouver area, and now he's a co-general manager of the Lions? Like, who mm-hmm. grows up a fan of the team and gets to call the shots? <laughs> that's got to be a Darryl dream. Daryl Right. <laughs> That, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only one I can think of. <laughs> he was able to buy And he's his not way. doing a great job. Yeah. <laughs> we it, won't get into that. Into that role. But, I mean, this has got to be uh, also, uh, you know, breaking some ground. Co-general mm-hmm. managers. How, how long can that last? Uh, a year, maybe. Maybe, uh, you yeah. know, and it's not like he was—it's not like he was just gifted the position. He has worked his way up through yeah. the front office, holding various positions. So he's been around the team. Uh, I, I kind of see it as 
Campbell and him are going to work together, and he's going to kind of groom McAvoy to take over the position. Because, I mean, Hafnagel, Wally Bono, I, I don't know if I put Rick Campbell in that same rarefied air where they are coach and GM. Right. At, at the like at the same time. So I, I could see it working for a year, maybe two, groom McAvoy, uh, you know, get him some relationships with the other GMs in the league, and then eventually Rick Campbell can step back and just be head coach again. That would be my guess. Yeah, it takes a lot. I, I know Kent Austin did okay for a while in Hamilton, but then it, it looked like it just kind of... It went down in a blaze of glory, basically. Yeah, but uh, let's sign Art Bryles. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, and then Moron. yeah, that last year was just an. It, it was an absolute oh. dumpster fire. Yeah, like this oh. year, really. Oh. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I loved every second of it because I love watching the demise of Kent Austin. But it was, and it gave us content. But holy, I, I've never seen anything like that. You know. And speaking of people that have worked their way up in an organization, uh, Jeremy mm-hmm. O'Day with the Rough Riders uh, gets extended yep. through 2022, along with Jason Moss, along with Jason Shivers uh, running the defense there. Um. So they've. And, and I know Chris Jones left, but other than that, they've still been able to kind of keep her together because Craig Dickinson was a part of that organization before Jones mm-hmm. went to the NFL. But Jeremy O'Day played with the team for 12 years. He's been in the front office since 2011, almost 25 years Has with it? the Rough Riders organization. 2011? Yeah. He's been in the front office there. I mean, worked his way up. He wasn't holy. No, but yeah, like I, I could, I could have swore like he retired like four years ago. Oh, <laughs> I mean, when you can work your way from the offensive line to the GM, <laughs> twenty twenty has been something. Yeah, twenty eleven cool. might as well be nineteen seventy two at this point. <laughs> Hey Henderson, let's go! Yeah, what a what a goal! What a goal! What a time! <laughs> I but, mean, like we we've talked about it before. Teams that keep their especially front yeah. offices and coaching staffs, you know, the continuity. Look at at Winnipeg; those are the teams that succeed, and it doesn't matter what sport. Usually, right? Continuity is going to play a huge part in success for a team. And you know, it took a while for it to pay off with Winnipeg, but if they kept the Mm-hmm. The same formula of changing the coach every year, last year doesn't happen. No. How's that working out for a couple of NHL franchises? <laughs> well, and you look at the model, right? fran- I, I'd still say that the Calgary Stampeders could be the envy mm-hmm. of the rest of the league. They have been able to keep that core in there. They, they even, not only did they develop players within, there, there's. They're developing coaches. Yes. And they're able to keep guys on the practice roster, and then they show up and they just they, they pop them in, and they, they, yeah. they have great performances. But the same goes for their coaches. And yeah, it, it, do you think that is sort of, and it could be a positive in the coach's cap with less movement happening? Because before, it just seemed like, and and maybe that's a CFL problem because if you've got nine leagues, mm-hmm. there's an expectation that you're 
able to rebuild a team in six months. And if you don't, yeah. you get fired. Um, so maybe this coach's cap can keep staffs together and maybe put a better product on the field. I, if a, if a team is having success on the field, the coaches at some point are going to think they deserve a raise or they yeah. do deserve a raise. So yeah. at some point you have to have a succession plan in place where guys are going to move on. So I don't know if it keeps guy. I don't know if it really keeps keeps coaching staffs together. Uh, if guys are all willing, if guys are willing to take pay cuts to keep a staff together because they have something special there and they think they can win, that's a different story. But it only works. And Sidney Crosby has said this. There's been guys in in the NFL pay cuts only work if everybody does it. Yeah, yeah. Right. You, you can't pay. You can't. The, the top guy can't be making. 14 mil and the pay cuts are the guys on the fourth line that doesn't work everybody's got to be willing to 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 take a cut to stay together if you want to win and you know maybe these coaches are willing to do that we don't see their you know the monetary values of these contracts or anything like that but with the continuity with that a couple of these franchises have you have to think that you know maybe they are the Double E football team announced that they've extended the contract of GM Brock Sunderland. It actually happened earlier in 2020, but they're just announcing uh, that he's been extended mm-hmm. through 2023. The same as head coach Scott Milanovic. And I mean, uh, they probably would have announced it earlier, but uh, Edmonton was busy angering their fans. They were too busy. They were too busy pissing off an entire fan base. <laughs> It almost feels like, and I know that the entire CFL, it's almost like they're starting from scratch next year. And I kind of feel like, I used to think that once the world relaxed a little bit and we were able to go to concerts and sporting events and things like that, that people would rush to the stadium and, you know be ready and things would be selling out the demand would be crazy i'm not so sure anymore i think it's going to be a slow trickle you know back into the stadiums for all sorts of events for many reasons not just because of health reasons but economical reasons and things like that yeah exactly um but i think edmonton has a tall order ahead of them to gain trust back from that fan base that's been so loyal for so long, and they demand greatness from the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, beating a dead horse, but how many times can we bring up how they handled the Mandrusiak situation? And it that spurned so many people. It did. That left a bad taste in so many people's mouths. And I, I get why the layoff happened. I understand that like what equipment is there to manage i totally understand why just how they did it and how they went about like just uh, like they did nothing they did nothing to thank him really yeah um so like you said the trust has been i don't know broken but it's gonna be hard for people to come back uh you know the team didn't have like didn't have the success they thought they were going to have with you know the big signings they had they don't make the great cup uh even the year so the year they host the great cup they don't make it 
you know, they have another year where they don't make it this year, and then everything, everything, you know, hits the fan. What happens with Mandrusiak happens. Now we have the name, and the fact that a name change is pissing people off is just asinine to me. But it is. It's, it's happening. It's ridiculous. It is, yep, yep. Um, and we, we talked about it before recording as to why people are doing what they're doing right now. But, you know, it, like you said, it's going to take time to rebuild that. And, you know, people aren't going to have disposable, a lot of disposable income to start off. So it might be tough to get the numbers back in the stadium. But if they can show success on the field with some stability, whether it be with, with the roster and, you know, front office slash coaching, I think it will come back. But it, it, they got some work to do. As far as players go, uh, it was early last week that the the league uh, allowed teams to re-sign guys and uh, bring in maybe some free agents. Other other than that, free agency is going to start on February 9th. Um, and, and the players who have opted out in August will now be placed... Uh, on the free agent list, and there's a mm-hmm. lot of guys. Um, there's Kenny Ladler, who went to the NFL for a little bit after playing for Edmonton. Uh, Josh Huff, Jovan Santos Knox, Jagarrett Davis, Jalen Saunders, Kenny, Kenny the King. Yeah, you're, exactly the, the King. Uh, <laughs> Cameron Judge, Dion Lacy, Brett Lowther. There's a lot of guys <laughs> that uh, are on this list. So they are back into the free agent pool. And I I don't know how many guys that maybe signed a one-year deal in February. Like, how many of those situations have changed where they won't re-sign? So I, I'm assuming most of yeah. them will give it another year with their team, right? I would assume so. I mean, a year where you don't get to play and, you know, you don't have that uh, guaranteed... Well, I guess it's not guaranteed. We don't have that money coming in from your contract. Uh, You know, and I know a lot of guys have other jobs and other ways, but, I mean, football is is their life, right? It's what they do. Um, If a team is willing to give you money to come back after a year off, I don't know why you wouldn't want to. Um, unless you're unless you're ready unless you're ready to be done with football, yeah. That, there's, that there's being that. said, guys could also be, you know, looking for opportunities elsewhere. At the same time, money could be an issue. It, it, it could be a whole a whole schmodule of things. But I don't I don't see why guys wouldn't just re re up a one year deal. That being said, we could be totally off base. And you know what? Teams have been told to spend less money on player salaries heading into next year. And (laughs) it's crazy that we went all last offseason without Darrell Walker being signed. But money is going to be even tighter now. So, I I mean... Depending on what team it is. Is somebody just going to have to sign him for cheap? Or (laughs) how's that going to play out? They're... The only way they're gonna get teams to not spend to the cap and only spend to the floor is if they make it. If they make that the new cap, right, right. It, if it, you think Hamilton hosting the Grey Cup, let's say everything goes back 
they play, you know, an 18 game schedule. We have a great everything. Hamilton has a chance to spend an extra $500,000 on guys to get them to the great cup at home. They're not going to do it. Give me a break. They, well, you talked sort of about, you know, top players having to take pay cuts to, you know, support the Mm -hmm. greater good of the entire team. I've seen it floating around, like the suggestion of having a max salary on the quarterback position. What do you think about that? I I think it's up to the team. If they want to build their team that way and and they want to, you know, put the rest of the positions in in dire straits, like BC with the offensive line last year, let them do it. Uh, I would go with the NHL model. I would never put a cap on a position. Right. But in the NA, in the NHL, you can only one player can only make twenty percent. Okay. Right. So, why not just make it that? And if you if you want to be the idiot that signs a guy to twenty percent of the cap on a forty six man roster, plus your pre- go ahead. <laughs> Good yeah. luck. <laughs> yeah. Have fun with it. it. It does look like the Alouettes yeah. have restructured their contract with Vernon Adams Jr. Uh, Tony mm-hmm. Washington, friend of the show, will be uh, <laughs> returning for a 10th season on the offensive line. And Eugene Lewis has been uh, mm-hmm. re-signed in Montreal. But I think it's big news and welcome news for Al's fans that yep. William Stanback, after a little bit of a stint mm-hmm. in the NFL with the Raiders, he's going to be back, uh, giving them a nice little run game next year as well. The yep. Alouettes, I think are going to be fun to watch. And I think Lewis and Vernon Adams, that connection is just going to get stronger and stronger because that Lewis oh. is a, he's a big boy. And if he, yeah, he, he, he will figure it out. And I think he will be dominant in one of the top, you know, five receivers next year. Oh, and he's shown glimpses of it. He has. Where yeah. He's had huge, he's had huge weeks and, and then you, you bank on him in fantasy and then he gets two points. Yeah. Right, but I mean that—that's going to come. That's going to come yeah, yeah. with 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 you know more playing time and and more reps with Vernon Adams Jr. and they get Stan back back. I mean the offense quietly, a little bit of consistency. One of the most charismatic coaches in the league, uh, a front office that seems to have a little more stability now, and the ownership issues. Uh, I, I I could see this team. I I, I don't want to say knocking off Hamilton. But, you know, being in contention to win the East. Oh, yeah. I, I think they're... I, I, don't, I don't think I'm crazy. I think they're one of the most exciting teams in the CFL. and oh, uh, 100%. They, if they wouldn't have ruined my early 20s, <laughs> I'd be more in... I would, I would be... I'd be more in on them. And, don't, and, and, and if, they can re, if they can re-sign the greatest safety in the league, then we're laughing. <laughs> See? Like, that's... Might as well just throw them in the Grey Cup. Uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> the Argos have extended uh, defensive back Matthew Boateng and running back A.J. Ouellette, who ended up in for a couple games last year. Uh, and I, I thought he ran well. I picked him in fantasy a few times. I think he was a 2,500 special. Uh, the, the Lions extend receiver Dominic Rimes. I think Riley thrown to him as some mad potential. And they ended up signing a kid from Last Chance U. 
Tim Bonner, defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Tell me about this guy, Ty. Do you know much? I know you watched Last Chance You. This kid was a an absolute menace on the on the D line. Oh, he um, was nice. I know I I know that it's, you know, Div two or JUCO I should say. I know that. But I mean he he showed what he could do and you know, a lot of these guys they're in JUCO because they did something stupid. It's not because they're not good enough. Right. Right? Um you know, and then he, he eventually was able to get out of there and went on uh, to a Div 1 school. Uh, you know, I, I don't see an issue with him skill-wise. Uh, is this going to be getting used to the CFL game? Yeah. You know, it, 12, games, 12 games in his one year, you know, 37 tackles, 5.5 sacks. Uh, you know, not exactly... You know, record-breaking numbers, but I mean, he's six-five, two fifty. Like he's gonna get, he's gonna, he's gonna build out a little bit more as he gets older. And you know, it. I think he's gonna be. I'm not gonna say he's gonna be Kwaku Botang or anything like that, but he's gonna be a. He can be a good defensive end in this league. He's gonna be better than all he was for sure. The Calgary Stampeders made a nice little move for their secondary bringing back Richard Leonard, and mm-hmm. a lot of times DBs get sort of overlooked because <laughs> it it can be a, a scapegoat position where <laughs> if the DB's not playing well, then you definitely notice, but if they are playing well, yep. sometimes you don't hear their name at all. But uh, the voice of the Rough Riders, Derek Taylor uh, in Regina, said that uh, they have him, Richard Leonard, as the fourth best in completion percentage allowed in uh, the CFL. So the guy was a good defensive back, and it's a good keep for the Stampeders. And they needed to shore up their secondary the way it performed last year. I mean, it wasn't great. Uh, You know, and like you said, if – they're easy scapegoats. If you don't, it's like a referee. If you don't talk about them, they're obviously doing a good job. Yep. Yep. Right. If if, it, if you're not talking about a DB, he's either shutting somebody down or, and they're just not, th- or they're not just, they're just not throwing to his side of the field. And there's a reason for that. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so to shore that up, I mean, the rich get richer. We're used to that. I'm sure they're cheating somehow. Evil Empire, but <laughs> I, I, I can't. I, it's so. I hate them because I ain't them, right? Like it's, it's so hard for me to be complimentary of the Stampeders. It's, it's almost impossible. <laughs> but they do. They did. They, they did need. They did need help in the secondary, and they got it. And they got a guy who's performed in this league, and you know he'll, he'll definitely help. Yeah. Uh, they need to do something to fix that, and it looks like they have. The. League as a collective has revealed basically ninety guys on uh, uh, on neg lists. So if you do want to uh, take a look at some of these guys, and I'm sure they've all got highlight reels on uh, YouTube that you can look up. I do want to mention that uh, the Edmonton Football Club has uh, signed or has Shane Zilstra. On their neg list, and mm-hmm. I wonder why, Ty. I wonder why. I 
I can't I can't make any <laughs> any connections there. I'm sure Edmonton fans would love to have another Zilstra in uh, green and gold. And, you know, for such a short time in the league, he's making himself another career in the NFL. So good for him. Lastly, I just want to mention this that the CFL announced, and I think this is so awesome. Starting January 28th. The CFL is going to start streaming classic Grey Cups on their website. It's presented by Marks, and on January 28th, they release some Grey Cup games we'll be able to watch from the late 40s up to the late 50s. And then they... give, give Give me the ice bowl. I know. And then they start releasing games every couple weeks from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, uh, up to the last 20 years. Yeah, because I really want to see 97 and 09 again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, come on. Nobody, okay, nobody in their right mind thought the Riders were going to win 09. And and I think that was part of the charm of that game. Because I remember driving to the stadium. Riders are going to lose by, you know, five touchdowns, but I'm going to have a good time. No, that, well, it's the Grey Cup. No, but the fact that we got our, <laughs> the fact that we got our hearts ripped out at the end. Yeah, I, I know. We were going to lose by two touchdowns too. Like I didn't think that they were going to have any shot, but they somehow did and then I know. Just it 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 just oh, I just I can't. But I can't do, not going to be able to do it. 97, the the Reggie Slack Rough oh Riders God. against the Doug Flutie <laughs> Argos. Like you can't classify that as a heartbreak. <laughs> no, it's not. It's just embarrassing. <laughs> That's why, like sometimes from those years, I'd like to watch like the 97 West Final. Like, <laughs> how, yeah, yeah. How bad? How bad would that have been? Um, I'm looking forward to watching some of these classic games. I mean, there's going to be around 70 of them, like the Fog Bowl, the Ice Bowl. I mean, the the 91 Grey Cup when some guy in Winnipeg rockets a beer at the Rocket. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) So... Uh, so I, good. I, I'll avoid watching Tony Gabriel's catch against. Uh, <laughs> against You're a glutton for punishment. You're going to watch it <laughs> against Saskatchewan. But I mean, this is so cool for fans, and I think people have been calling for this mm-hmm. for a long, long time. Well, and just trying like to find games like the the NHL puts out. Uh, on sports after every year, every Stanley Cup run, they put out like a year in review for that team. Yeah. Uh, the NFL does it. The NBA does it. Uh, it just seems like this is, like you said, it's been coming for a long time. There's nowhere where you can find these games other than YouTube. And even then, the quality is not great. Uh, sometimes it's just videotaped on a phone off of a TV. Uh, they don't have all of the games. This way, you know, we can... It's games that they it's that they're theirs they're their rights and they can do whatever they want they can do this and why not like more content isn't a bad thing for this league especially with no games going on right now and it's hard for us to i don't know how we've been doing it how we've been getting content <laughs> it's ridiculous 
but I mean, there's going to be nights where there's, cause there's nothing on TV. I could pull up an old game and then text you angrily about what's happening, even though I already know what's going to happen. And it'd be like, how stupid were they? Like, how did you not see this coming? I look forward to this so much. Oh yeah. Cause I, I really need my blood pressure raised. Well, make sure you limit your sodium intake this holiday season, Ty. I got to put salt on everything in camp so it has taste. So <laughs> This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by the Calgary Foundation. Whether it's funding anti-racism programs, addiction recovery, or food hampers for the hungry, uh, for 65 years, the Calgary Foundation has proudly supported the charitable community to address some of Calgary's biggest challenges. Now, during this period of unprecedented urgent needs, the Calgary Foundation renewed its commitment to building a healthy, vibrant, giving, caring, and resilient community. If you're a registered charity looking for a grant, a professional advisor creating a giving plan for your client, or a donor wanting to give back to community, discover a wealth of resources at calgaryfoundation.org and learn more about their work through Calgary Foundation's Facebook Twitter or Instagram. Well, Ty, it has been quite the year. Uh, <laughs> the most interesting year of the Two and Out podcast. This is our final episode of 2020, our final episode before Christmas. So, uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, have a safe holiday season. And uh, we'll, we'll be back the first week of. January, who knows what we're going to talk about, but like you said, we keep finding and figuring stuff out along the way, and throughout this year, there has been no shortage of things to talk about, believe it or not. I, I will say this, I am upset that we're not doing a Festivus episode. <laughs> you got some grievances, don't you? I, I got a lot of problems with you people, and you're going to hear about them. <laughs> I can give you the floor. What's your top five grievances? No, I can't. On I can't. It's a family show. Okay. <laughs> Have a happy, safe holiday season. We'll talk to you in 2021, and hopefully we'll see you at a stadium next season. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.